This reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 18. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Good morning. Really, really good to see you. I've, uh, I'm someone who's enjoyed good health for the majority of my life. That's a great, great blessing. It's a great privilege. Um, but the last few months, I've been in quite a bit of pain. I've had problems with my left ear. I've had earache, not because anyone's been talking to me and I've been trying to ignore them. Well, maybe a little bit. But uh, I've had earache in my left ear. Boys and girls, it's pretty yucky. I had to go to the doctors. They looked down my ear and they said, you've got an ear infection, sir, in your middle ear. I can't see through your eardrum. It should be clear, but it looks kind of milky. It will take three months and some antibiotics to get rid of it. I've got a physical blockage in my middle ear. It's starting to go. I'm beginning to hear a bit better. You can have a physical problem that stops you hearing, but uh, your problem, my problem, is actually we've got, a, we've got an issue of our hearts that make our ears don't work as well as they should. There's a, a picture on the screen here of little boys and little girls, and they are struggling to hear, not because they have a problem with their middle ear, because they've put their hands over their ears. They don't want to hear what's being said. Now, let me be honest with you. Sometimes this physical problem in my middle ear, my left ear, goes down to my heart. It was our anniversary yesterday, Joe and I. 22 long years Joe has put up with me, and I've had the privilege of putting up with her for 22 short years. But one of the issues we have in our marriage is that I have trouble hearing. So um, this is an issue of my heart, not my ear. She says something like, you're not listening to me. Yeah, but I heard you. So why don't you do what I said? And so on. You're not listening to me. I want to leave you this morning with a present for Christmas to think about two words, boys and girls, and adults too. Two words. There's a hearing word and there's a fearing word. Okay, Hearing and fearing. 
I want us to look at the most famous passage in the whole Christmas story about the shepherds and about the angels. Let me read to you one sentence from this famous part of the Christmas historical story. Verse 17 of Luke's Gospel. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. Luke, who uh, was one of the people that wrote down what Jesus said and did, how he behaved and who other people claimed him to be. Luke has a big emphasis, like my doctor, on hearing, on listening to the words of Jesus. In this chapter, Luke chapter 2, he says, uh, I want to hold up to you Mary. Mary is an example of someone who hears really well. And famously, Mary is someone who hears what Jesus uh, says through the angels and who ponders it in her heart. Pondering is a word about emotionally piecing together a jigsaw puzzle of new information. And so Mary is an example of someone who who hears really well. And uh, she hears the claims of Jesus through the, the lips, as it were, of an angel. And she says, what does this all mean? This is so important that I need to work out what this means in my heart. The last two Christmases have been quite unique and the first Christmas was very unique as well. I mean angels appeared, there was a star in the sky, astronomers, wise men, magi came from a far away place to to see the birth of a special baby. But for all the uniqueness, I do not want you to miss the ordinariness of the first Christmas too. What do I mean? I mean, Mary and the shepherds, they got an angel, but everyone got a shepherd. Let's think about this word hearing. What do I mean? Luke is talking about hearing. It's down in verse 20. I mean, here are the shepherds, boys and girls. They've had a long, hot day and they're glad and relieved to get out of the warm sunshine even at five or six o'clock in the evening. And there they are with their bottoms on the grass and they're picking dirt from underneath their nails and mopping the sweat from their brows and maybe they're counting the sheep to see if they've lost any of them. It's hard work being out in the sunshine all day and they're longing for a, a can of coke. Oh no not been invented yet. They're longing for some water to quench their thirst because it's been such a hard day and they've, they're just getting a bit dozy because the sun has been so fierce that day and the darkness of the night sky is to be enjoyed and then the sun appears but it's not the sun, what is it? It's an angel by himself and then a whole company of angels that appear And they make such a difference to their lives. So at the end of the passage that was read, sentence 20, it says this. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard, there's that word, and seen, which were just as they had been told. Do you see the stages here? The angels speak to the shepherds and then the shepherds speak to everybody else of what has happened. Mary is someone who ponders and wonders at the things that the angel has said to her. 
She's thinking about and treasuring the truths that she's heard and thinking, what does this mean that a saviour is born? Who is this one that will change my life and claims to change the lives of everybody in the whole world? Friends, whether these events are familiar to you, you've been around church for many years, you've been a Christian for a long time, whether these things are new to you and this is the first time you've been in a church ever or for as long as you can remember, can I encourage you with this one word? Have you heard the claims of Jesus this Christmas and are you someone who is like Mary or like the shepherds trying to work out, is this true? And if this is true, what does it mean to my life? Who is this person? Who is this babe? Who is this king, this saviour, this Lord that Christians have believed in for 2,000 years? Are you hearing the claims of Jesus? Or are your ears or your heart, is it blocked to these things? What a great opportunity with all the confusion that there is, all the uncertainty that there's been, to look at the claims of Jesus and to ask God if he's there and if he cares to show himself to you. Boys and girls, you could do that this Christmas. Adults, you could do that too. It's hearing, have you heard the claims of Jesus from the lips of the shepherds or from the claims of the angel who filled the sky 2,000 years ago? That's hearing. Here's the second word, fearing. Hearing. Here's the second word, fearing. Now, there are loads of things that you can be afraid of. Here are a few. Who is afraid of... The one time in the year when Brussels sprouts appear on your plate. Who, who's afraid of that? Who's afraid of boys? A few ladies here. Few, my wife has put her hand up. Oh, there we go. Uh, maybe it's spiders. Don't want to freak any of you out. Maybe it's small spaces. There's lots that you can be afraid about. Maybe it's uh, doctors. Maybe it's dentists. I, I've got some previous with dentists, as most of you know, and needles, I'm not so good with them. Go weak at the knees, it's pretty poor. It takes a long time to calm down, doesn't it, when you're afraid of that Brussels sprout? Is mum really going to make me eat it? That spider? Are they going to grow big? Are they going to appear in my bedroom? No nightmares tonight, please. It's really hard when you've been afraid to calm down. There's a very interesting thing in the passage that was read to us. We find in sentence nine this word fear. Actually, it's a big word that means mega fear. It's fear being turned up. It, if it had a volume switch, they were terrified. The shepherds who were hard men, who were used to hard work in a hot, sunny environment where they were dangerous animals that they had to beat off and defend their sheep from, they were terrified when one angel appears, and then when the sky is filled with angels, they were terrified. But what does the angel say? Do not be afraid, for I bring you great news. It's as if the angel was saying something like this. I know you're afraid, but if you look and listen to the claims of this baby who's been born, you will never be afraid again. If you know this baby, who he is and what he claims to be, it can get fear out of your heart forever. There's an interesting thing in the Bible. Whenever God appears to people, people are terrified. 
They don't just say, wow, did you see what happened there? Did you see that angel that appeared to me? They are terrified. Think back, way back to the beginning of the Bible. I don't know how well you know it. I don't know if you believe it's true. But the Bible says right back in the very beginning when God made the world, it was a wonderful place to be in because men and women enjoyed the presence of God. There was no fear in their life. They weren't afraid of rejection or how they looked. They weren't afraid of failure or bad things happening to them. They never got anxious. They were never fearful. They were never, ever scared. They never had a sleepless night. They didn't know what anxiety was. They had a perfect relationship with the God who made them and who still rules our world. And they were convinced that you could trust him and that he loved them. But then they believed a lie in the very first book of the Bible, almost on the first pages of the Bible. It says that our first parents, called Adam and Eve, they believed a terrible lie that God could not be trusted, and they believed a lie that said God is not good. And at that point, fear entered the world. They were convinced that they could do a better job of running the world in which we live than God who made the world and who knows how it works. The Bible says they were afraid and so they hid from God. That's how afraid they were of him. Before they were free, but now they were slaves to what others thought of them. Before they were free and they were loved by God, but now they had no sense of how much they were worth to each other or anybody else. Before they were free, but now they were under the tyranny of their own selfish and poor rule. You can flick the pages of the Bible. I encourage you to do that sometime and read what it says. And you will meet characters from history called Adam and Eve, called Moses, called Elijah and Elisha, called Mary and the shepherds. And each one of them, when God appears in their lives, they were full of fear and dread. They were full of fear. Why is it? Why is it that when we are far from God, we struggle with fear? Is he there? Does he care? Like the video, the little girl throwing paper airplanes out of her Velux window. Don't try that at home. But she was longing to see if God was there. She fired an arrow as far as she could up into the sky and it landed all too short. If God doesn't answer the fears in our hearts, then we can't and no one else ever will. We're afraid from God when we push him out of our lives and we're afraid of other people and other things. But when God appears, we're afraid too. We're terrified. We're terrified when God turns up in our lives because his beauty, his beauty exposes our ugliness of our hearts. His power is contrasted with our weakness and our need. And so what are we to do? Well, the angel has the solution. Verse 10 and 11. If you believe what the angel says, there is a remedy, there is a vaccine. The Bible says, for fear in our hearts. Here it is, it's a person. I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. There's been so much fuel for fear in our hearts over the last 
two years at least, but it's been there in my spirit a long time before 2019. If you want to be freed from fear horizontally, if you want to be uh, free from fear vertically, your fear of God and all that he knows about you, even if you think he doesn't exist, you have to rest in Jesus as a person. You have to rest in the salvation that God has offered to us in his son. But how do we know that we can trust this person called Jesus if he ever existed? Please look at his claims. Please hear his words. Look at verse 11. It says, this baby who was born 2,000 years ago, he's not just a saviour. Do you notice that word? He's the Lord. He's the Lord. This baby born in the manger is not only a saviour, he's not just a king that we need to wait to grow up. He is the Lord. He is God himself. He is the most high who's become the most low on a rescue mission. Christmas shows us that God looked into our world and into our need, and rather than turning his back on us, which is what we deserved, he had mercy and kindness on us, and he sent his son into the pages of history. Why did the Son of God, as Christians believe, become a tiny baby? So that we, tiny humans, can become sons of God. Why did the Son of God lose his peace in heaven so that we might have infinite peace? Peace forever with one another and with him when we know him as our rescuer and saviour. Why did the Son of God become a tiny baby? He was kicked out of the inn. There was no room for him there so that we might live in the house of the Lord forever. That's what the Bible says Christmas is all about. Friends, whether you're new to Christianity, whether you're sceptical about the claims of Jesus, whether this is your umpteenth Christmas in church, friends, look at what he did for you. Look at how much he loved you, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, wouldn't you want to trust someone who did that for you? Wouldn't you want to trust them? Won't you trust him for your future? And Christian friends, won't you live for him because of his love for you? 